We're recording. In LA, almost all of us who can stay home are Some are, are quarantined. Six feet matters. All right. Hey, everybody. This is Stream, the show about life and the top five things to stream in quarantine. I'm Bob Christian in day 33 of Los Angeles' quarantine. And today, our guest is... Mike from St. George. Mike, thank you so much for being on the show today. I'm really excited I got you because... I feel like your experience in Utah and my experience in LA are going to be really different, and I can't wait to hear how you're living life in quarantine. Yeah. Before we get into your top five suggestions, let's talk about quarantine. So where to begin with? I guess let's start back in the very beginning when all the other states started closing down, uh, starting with the Northeast, California. How did it feel to be in Utah, a state that's so spread out, has so much outdoor space? What did it feel like as the rest of the country started closing down? It felt a little bit like I was in some sort of movie, like pandemic spreading, you know, Planet of the Apes or something like that. Um, and you were just like waiting to see like how far it would escalate and, you know, would it reach us? Would it, you know, ignore us completely? Who is in your house right now? Is it you and your family? Who all's there with you? Yeah. So it's my wife and then my four-year-old daughter and then our four-month-old daughter. And how's the four-month-old dealing with all of this? She's good. It, there's like an added element of stress just internally for me because I'm paranoid about, you know, her immune system is weaker. I mean, you kind of quarantine yourself when you have a newborn, at least we do. So like we don't go to church or go out to the public parks and things. So life for us didn't really change a lot. That's great. It sounds like perfect timing. Now, Thea's your four-year-old. Is she loving having dad at home all the time or how's that going? Yeah, love, hate, because um, it's hard for to understand, <laughs> like, oh, dad's at work, but he's not at work. Like, Have you guys picked up any new games or any new ways of passing the time now that you have so much time? Uh, yeah, we just taught her Uno the other day, and she's really been into Uno. Oh, I'm so jealous. We tried to teach our four-year-old Augustine Old Maid, and what we really taught ourselves was unique ways for myself and my wife, Jade, to lose at Old Maid, because if Augustine loses, that ruins the day. So I've learned a bunch of ways to throw a game of child cards. Yeah. Thea has a hard time with losing, too, but we've been, like, really working hard with her to, like, not fall to pieces when she loses. Like, <laughs> so now, I mean, she still will get upset sometimes, but she's like, okay, well, we're going to play again until I win. <laughs> so we just end up playing until she actually wins the game. So what's the average day like now? You said you've kind of been quarantining with your newborn just as you do with newborns. But are you guys getting out of the house at all? Are you going on hikes? How's that going? Uh, my wife hasn't. I mean, she didn't really a lot, you know, even before having the newborn, though. She's not that outdoorsy as I am. But I have with the four-year-old. Like me and Thea, there's like a, there. I found a trail right behind our house that I didn't realize was there. And so we've hiked that several times. And we've just gone like short drives because there is a lot of trails not very far from our house. Like within 15, 20 minutes, we can hit like 40 different trails. So it's easy to find places where there aren't people. Um, and so we've, we've gotten out like once or twice, at least a week. That's awesome. Can you tell me just in your area of Utah, what is open and what's closed? For instance, where I live, all the parks have been closed several times. They've closed the beaches on and off. Uh, what is open and what's closed and available to you guys? So Zion National Park is closed to everyone. And then the governor closed the state parks to anyone outside of the county that the state park is in. So like we can go to Snow Canyon or Quail Creek or one of those state parks, but anybody that lives outside of our county, so even like Mesquite, which is only 45 minutes from us, they can't. 
they check your ID when you get to the, the park entrance. I'm not sure if they closed city parks. Some of them they did close, like the one right above town, the Pioneer Park. They put like barricades in front of the entry to the parking lot and said that one's closed. But it's already started to roll back. I don't know if you know. I did not know. So they opened up the golf courses here in town to locals now. Is that recent in the last couple of days? Yeah, I think it was like on Friday that they, they rolled back like several. They, they opened up that park that I was talking about above town. So have you been going to Snow Canyon Park? And if so, what's it like there now? I haven't been over there since the quarantine started. Gunlock is probably the more interesting one. It's been busy even with the quarantine because they had the waterfalls running again which like it was oh, 10 wow. years since it ran last year. So it was weird that it ran two years in a row. And like, there's been a lot of traffic still. Like we've had a lot of people complain from California, mm-hmm. ironically, and from like the Northern Utah, like Salt Lake area. So there's quite a few people that like didn't want to quarantine and thought they could escape here. And that, that like really triggered the, <laughs> the locals. Well, I'll tell you when Jade and I first started going to quarantine, we talked about driving to Utah and doing the national parks because in the beginning they were still open and no one was there. Uh, so we're definitely could have been part of the problem. What you're seeing, how is uh, how is that being handled with all these people showing up? Some of the local authorities started like encouraging people not to come. They actually set up. I don't know how well it was working, but as you like drove into the state, you should have gotten. Uh, ping to your phone kind of like an amber alert but it would be a request to take a survey and it basically mm-hmm. just asks questions of like where you're coming from like what kind of exposure level you've had with like the virus and i don't know if the intention was to try and like shame people into not coming in or if it was just to like <laughs> gather information you know what i mean but like that so that was one of the things that they instituted recently like in the last couple of weeks and then like the the closing of the parks and um, some of the local authorities, like the, the the mayor of St. George and the county commissioners kind of finally came together and said, like, we don't want people to come right now. Please postpone your trip. And I know some other areas have had it tougher, like over in Moab. They were having like 1,500 people visit the park every day, but they only have three ventilators in town. So you can imagine wow. like, they just don't have the infrastructure if there was a bad outbreak there to take care of people. So having lots of people coming in out of town was just really scary for them so they yeah they were like very vocal about like don't come here like don't visit don't (laughs) show up in town whereas here was a little softer just like hey news releases and things like that encouraging people to just wait wait on their trip a little bit my friend we interviewed a friend of mine who was just doing a cross-country trip from uh, los angeles to new york they'd been planning this trip for six months they were moving and they planned this week-long drive across the country and going to Zion was one of their bucket list things. They've never done it. They were so excited to do it. When the quarantine happened, they couldn't change their moving plans. So they ended up driving through Zion about a week ago, week and a half ago now. And they said, it's just empty. No one's there. The only thing they saw was trucks of park rangers, I guess, that were moving people along for anyone that stopped too long. Zion is like notoriously full of people, especially around now at spring break going into summer. How's that feel knowing that it's empty? So it's kind of funny because last year, it wasn't quite around this time. I think it was a little bit earlier than this, but the government shutdown hit. (laughs) So we had kind of like a similar situation, which is like really stressful for a lot of the small businesses. I think as far as like our tourism office goes, we kind of broke even. We're a little above what we did last the year before last year as far as like 
uh, the tax that's collected from hotel stays. And we had been growing by like 10% every year. You know, tourism mm -hmm. is just booming everywhere, but it's definitely booming here. Um, so it was interesting to see like the government shutdown really affected that. And so like, who knows how much revenue was lost. So this year, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, I've, I've been on some webinars with like TripAdvisor looking at like their estimates and stuff. And then my boss released like this press release talking about how much hotel revenue has been lost. And I think it's, it's over $9 million in hotel revenue that's been lost. Wow. Just this far, like, and it hasn't been that long. Like you said, like day 30 or something like that, 32. Mm -hmm. 30, it's 33 for us in Los Angeles. But of course we were towards the beginning, but we're nowhere near the end of the people that have been closing. Like Georgia just closed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Talking about that, just real quick, is there any idea, is there a feeling that your office is sharing about how fast this is going to bounce back? There was an idea at the beginning that having everything closed was going to push people to embrace going into nature again, that there might this, be this huge resurgence of people wanting to go to national parks or get outdoors more often to stay away from cities. Has that been something you guys can continue to talk about or is that not a thing at all? I mean, we, we try to talk and speculate, but like, there's just nothing historically to compare this to. Thank you for saying that. I feel like everyone keeps trying to find the thing to compare this to and there's nothing like it yet. Yeah. I mean, unless you want to go back to the black plague, but like, we don't have data <laughs> on like what happened during, you know, or like the Spanish flu, like. We don't know how society really handled it other than like people just died. So. <laughs> so I talked about this in the podcast I did about Las Vegas, but I'm always jealous of cities and I guess states that have a real community feel, especially in times like this. Utah has a huge community safety net, I want to say. Do you feel it has gotten stronger and you feel more supported by your community through this whole thing or... Do you kind of feel like you've been you and your family against the world? Uh, I mean, I might be kind of a, a bad case study for that question just because <laughs> I work for county government. So I look, work for local government and like it has been my job to look for feel good stories and like people that are doing good things and companies that are trying to make a difference. So like there's a local brewery here that switched some of their um, manufacturing abilities to make hand sanitizer. And so I'm, I'm like looking for those things so that we can talk about it and share it and like show people like this isn't the end of the world and like we can be positive and take care of each other and like stay strong. So for me, yeah, like I've seen a lot of great things that have happened. There's like restaurants here that immediately laid off all their staff so they could get on unemployment and then they started making meals for all of their staff. And so like every staff member could come and pick up enough food for their family for one meal a day. So like, they're just trying to do things oh, to take awesome. care of. Yeah. There are people like, there's just a lot of those kind of stories that are happening right now. I mean, it's really small scale, like little stuff. And I know it's not going to like fix the problem for a lot of the people that are out of work, but it's still cool to see like people just genuinely caring about other people. It really reminds me, I mean, I was young, but it, it reminds me of nine 11. Like, right after that happened, there was just such an outpouring of like people caring about other people and like people dropping their petty crap and not, you know, worrying about that kind of stuff. I think all those little stories though, really, like you said, they really add up. I've said this before in this podcast, but in LA, I'm not seeing a lot of those, those small things, 
mostly what I'm hearing is that I should be buying more gift cards and making sure I order food in to support uh, the local thing. But I don't hear about those kind of feel-good stories. So it's interesting that you have so many of them happening around you. I mean, it could be a cultural thing. It is very different being in, you know, L.A. than it is here, but who knows? So let me turn the conversation right to the virus for a second. Are you scared of the virus or how do you feel about the virus um, around you? Do you feel like you could catch it, that it is something that you need to be actively worried about? Or is it something that you're taking the proper precautions so you're fine? I'm definitely taking a lot of precautions and my wife is much more vigilant about it than I would say I am. I'm not super paranoid about myself. I really, it really is just like my daughters that I just want to make sure they don't get hit by it. My dad, I'm a little nervous about my dad too, because he's not taking it super seriously. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's being like cavalier about it, but he has like lung problems. So he's like real high up on the list of people that should be careful. Um, so I'm nervous about him as well, but as far as myself, I don't know if it's just cause I'm still young enough to be stupid and think I'm invincible or what, but I, <laughs> it, I haven't had that like panic attack. Like, Oh my gosh, like I'm so vulnerable and like, it's going to find me. I did. So the state now, the Utah state, um, government has started doing surveys online. And as you fill out the information about like what kind of exposure you think you've had, where you're at, how healthy you feel. I filled one of those out like on Wednesday and then I went and had my, uh, they gave me a test out of the mall in like the parking lot. It's just like a drive-through test they just set up. Um, uh-huh. And so I got my test, but I haven't gotten the results back yet. So I'm kind of interested to see like if it'll say I am because I don't feel sick at all, but I hear stories about that all the time. Like these people don't feel sick, but they end up having it and they're like asymptomatic. So my wife made masks for like, our family and a bunch of our extended family she's mailing them out to them and like they don't protect oh, me great. but they keep me from <laughs> coughing or sneezing into the air around other people so if i do have it i won't be spreading it it's kind of interesting are you still going to the store or are you having everything delivered and if you are going to the store do you wear gloves and a mask or like a full hazmat suit or what's your situation with that most of our store shopping lately has been um, walmart pickups and then we get it home and we like sanitize all of it. So we like, we sanitize the counter, set the groceries out on the counter and like wipe everything down. And then we clean our hands and mm-hmm. then we put away the sanitized groceries. I feel like I have been taking this more and more serious the more I see other people taking it seriously. And the last five podcasts I've recorded, the guests have talked about wiping down the boxes and their food before they put them away, which is something we still haven't done at our house. And I feel like you just finally pushed me over the edge. Like, I'm going to have to start wiping everything down the second I bring it into the house. I did go to Walmart today, and I picked up a a tie-dye set for me and Augustine to do. And it had some, like, kind of chemical on it. And I'll tell you, I've been paranoid about that ever since I touched it. Um, So, yeah, I think you just finally pushed me over the edge. Nothing's coming in this house without it getting wiped down first from now on. That's great. So thanks, Mike. I appreciate that. You can thank my wife for that, though. It's been funny when we (laughs) order food because she's like, okay, you open up the takeout box and then you dump the hamburger onto the plate without touching it. And then you throw (laughs) the box away and then you wash your hands. Because I guess like hot food, like it won't really survive. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Mm -hmm. a lot of this is like hearsay. I don't know how much is science (laughs) and how much is like fact about all this. Oh, yeah. I feel the same way. I feel like 
like I said, as I'm watching other people get more, take more and more precautions, I feel like I need to take more precautions. And nothing that I'm doing is based on fact anymore. It's just like, well, I heard this other person did it, so maybe we should do this. So it's kind of balancing all that out. Now, before we get into your list, I have five lightning questions for you where I just want you to answer the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Mike, what is something you wish you had or had more of? Sanitizing wipes. You're running out of sanitizing wipes or do you just need a lot more constantly? We, we ran out. So now we use like a Lysol spray into paper towels and then use that as like the sanitary wipe. All right. What is something you actually don't need but thought that you would? Food. <laughs> right away, immediately, there was like this rush on the grocery stores. Like I, I went like, I mean, they haven't even shut things down in Utah yet. But I went to the grocery store after work. There was no chicken. Like all of the chicken was gone of any kind. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like you people are bonkers. Like what is happening? And like the more people hoard, the worse I feel like I need to hoard, which is just like ironic. You know, it's like a run on the bank. Like got to oh, get yeah. my food out before all the food's gone. <laughs> but like it's all caught up. Like you can get whatever the heck you want as far as food goes. Like we're not going to starve. My dad keeps telling me this story about how I should go buy soup and how he's got cans and cans of soup that he doesn't plan on eating, but he's got a two-week supply of soup if everything falls apart again. And I'm like, I just don't think having cans of soup that I'm, I'm not interested in eating is something that I want in my house, but he keeps trying to sell me on it. <laughs> it's funny because so the my religion, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, like they push you, like they're constantly talking about you need a two-year supply of food. So like every family should have two years worth of food stocked up. And like growing up as a kid, we always had like my mom would like she would can venison. Like my dad would shoot deer and she'd make like stew out of it. And she'd can that and she'd can green mm -hmm. beans every fall and all kinds of stuff. And then we'd buy like, you know, dehydrated potatoes and rice and stuff. And so we, we already had like certain essentials that, you know, like here at my house now that are like long preserved stuff we don't have two years unfortunately <laughs> but we were a little bit ahead of the curve on some of the stuff so it wasn't like super paranoid like everything's gonna be gone but mm -hmm. it was more like the like milk and things like that that you're like i don't want to live on dehydrated milk it's disgusting yeah so i feel like that was the biggest adjustment for me at first was there was bread but it may not have been my choice bread it wasn't the artisanal bread that i usually get and so <laughs> i was really roughing it with some just like regular roman meal bread um and i was like it's not that bad if i don't have to grab the thing just because it's there it's not that bad i'd completely forgot until you said it that when this started way back in the beginning of march even maybe the end of february i heard a story about how the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints uh, was going to be super prepared and how Mormons in general were taught, like you said, to keep this huge stockpile. And so they are going to be the winners of all of this because they've been preparing this for decades. I don't know where I heard this story or why it made... Na I was definitely national news. Um, do you feel like you said that the people you knew were like, well, here it comes. I've been ready for my entire life for this moment and I'm, ha I'm about to take my moment. <laughs> I mean, you would think, but there was still like... The, so the hoarding mentality happened anyways, even though there are like, <laughs> I think it's like at least 50%, you know, LDS here in this area. Mm -hmm. But even with half the community, like supposedly living that lifestyle, they still, everybody was just like going bananas over like toilet paper and certain consumables. So I've heard stories too, like the church has sent out like tons of supplies to areas that are like down and stuff. And it's just nice to know, like I'm part of that community that's like trying to take care 
of the people that aren't prepared. All right, we got way far off track with the five questions. Let's get back. Number three, what's some way you have surprised yourself during this? I don't know. Like I've been more responsible than I would say I usually am as far as like trying to stay like sanitize everything like that. I've just never been that person, like the the germaphobe, you know. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm like disgusting and like pig pen over <laughs> here, but um, I don't know. I've just I've I've been on top of it more than I expected I would. And what has been the hardest thing to find? I think it really has been like the the cleaning stuff, you know, like the the hand sanitizers or like the the wipes and that kind of stuff. It's just in like real short supply. I've asked this question to like a dozen people and my answer has been creamsicles for like the last three weeks. I've been trying to find creamsicles. I don't think I'm taking this as serious as everyone else. Everyone's <laughs> like toilet paper. It was like, I can't find a popsicle that I really want to eat right now. That's so weird. Yeah. All right. All right. Question five. Are you thinking more about the present, past or future right now? Uh, future, probably. Not a lot about the past. There's quite a bit about the present. Um, and speculating, but there's a lot of speculating and thinking about the future. I keep bugging my wife about talking about where we're going to travel. <laughs> Just like I think everybody else is, but I'm like, uh, like as soon as you tell me I can't have something, then I'm like, I absolutely need this right now. What's the number one place you want to go when this is all over? Are you saying where I want to go or where I will go? Cause <laughs> Let's hear both of them. I want to hear both of them. Where would you go and where will you go? Where I want to go is Japan. Um, I've been uh, doing research on it and I've met with people because I go to those travel shows where they have like people from mm-hmm. the country giving away brochures and stuff. So I've talked to people, I've gathered information and I, I really want to go there. Uh, where we will go probably is going to be California. Well, we'll see you when you get here. Let's get into your list of the top five things to stream. Before we hear your list, first I want to know what to you makes for a good stream right now? I mean, a, a lot of that has to do with mood. What mood do you find yourself in more often these days? Yeah, it's been nice to just like watch things that are a little more like on the humor side of things. And like if I zone out for five minutes, I'm not like, oh, great. Don't even know what's happening. All right, great. And with that, let's get into your list. Are you ready? Yeah. Here are the top five things Mike from St. George, Utah recommends to stream during this quarantine. Starting with number five, Psych, available to stream on Amazon. It's eight seasons and two movies. Originally, it premiered in 2006 and wrapped in 2013 with the first movie coming out in 2014. Mike, I got to tell you, this is one of my all-time favorite shows, and I completely forgot about it until you put it on your list, so thank you so much for that. Huge fan. Can you give us a two- to three-sentence synopsis of what this show is? It is a buddy comedy between two guys that solve a ridiculous number of crimes in a ridiculous way every time. Um, And I just love it. I love the guys. I love the whole setup. There's something about the chemistry of these two guys that is unbeatable. I could watch this show forever. Yeah, I've, I've probably watched the whole thing like three four times i feel like it was underrated when it first came out and then i didn't start watching it till the last season and it's so good if someone's tuning into the show for the first time where do you think they should start do you think they start right at the beginning or just pick up anywhere yeah i would say start at the beginning it really it's fun to watch the evolution of the characters and like their relationships and the chemistry of all that if you need a good episode to like get you hooked i would start with the yin yang episode because that's like the best episode in my opinion where like I realized like wow this show is not only funny but like it's a great like 
mystery drama like it really will pull you into the show awesome so number four is a show i'd never heard of before and now i can't stop watching it number four is a show called worth it on amazon it started in 2016 as a buzzfeed show before moving to amazon now there's six seasons available on amazon uh real quick two two to three sentence synopsis so these two guys in la started comparing three levels of the same thing like a hot dog so they'd get a really cheap one they'd get a mid-priced one and then they get a really expensive one and then they talk about which one was most worth it for like how much you paid and the experience you got and as the, like the show kept going it got more and more ridiculous to where they're like going to japan and they're having like two thousand dollar cake and it's just great and the, the episodes are super short they're like six or eight minutes so like you can watch a bunch of these or if you're like I just want something to watch for like 10 minutes while I have ice cream and then I'm going to go to bed. You watch one of these episodes. It's perfect. <laughs> Do you have a favorite episode? I liked the steak episode, which was a pretty early one because um, oh, I yeah? love steak. But yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's a lot of great ones. Why did you click this originally? Are you big into food or are you big into comparing money? What's the deal? What What attracted you to this? So me and my wife struggle like finding things where we both like to watch it. Cause she uh -huh. loves watching stuff like Friday Night Lights or One Tree Hill. And I'm like, I don't want to watch this. This is garbage. <laughs> and so we were like trying to find something to watch. And we love watching Chopped together. Um, I think that's like a really fun cooking competition show. But I'm not like big into the cooking competition shows. And then we saw this show. And so we just like randomly tried it. And we ended up watching like six episodes in a row. Just like really getting into it. So... All right, I can't wait to hear where you and your wife fall on number three. Your number three pick is Community. It just recently came to Netflix. As you say, it is a criminally criminally underrated comedy. It's from 2009. It ran for six seasons. Can you give us a quick two to three uh, sentence synopsis? It's a community college in Colorado, I believe. Um, you've got like every walk of life that comes together for a study group for a Spanish class is like how it starts. It's so funny. Like the writing in it is amazing. They like if you watch the paintball episode, like that's the episode that will like change your life for television where you're like, wow, like <laughs> I didn't know people could write television this way. Do you have a favorite character? Oh, man. I mean, Troy, like childish mm -hmm. Gambino, whatever you want to call him. He's so funny. Like I die listening to the things that he will say on that show. Oh, yeah. I agree. I haven't watched this show since it was originally on, but I remember Donald Glover was definitely one of my favorite characters. What attracted you to this show, and where does Miranda sit on this? So I always talked about the show up to her and was like, this is the funniest show, and like she would see me watching it sometimes, and she'd watch a little bit. So she had seen like parts of it, but never really got into it. Um, and then finally, like a few weeks ago, she like didn't have a show to watch. Like She'd ran out of things to watch. And so she was like, oh, I'm going to try community. And so like she stays up with the baby late, like feeding the baby or when it wakes up and she'll turn something on while I'm not really watching with her. So she watched the whole thing and she really liked it. Oh, that's awesome. I remember those days sitting up with Augustine and trying to be like, what can I put on that's going to entertain me, but not be too loud and wake her up. All right. Now I feel like your number one and two picks are really up your alley. I was excited to see these on here. I have some questions. Let's start with number two. Your number two pick is The Dawn Wall. It's a 2017 documentary starring the climbing legend Tommy Caldwell. Tell us two to three sentences about what this movie is. So this movie, like you said, it's about Tommy Caldwell's journey in rock climbing, really. Like it, the, the synopsis of like 
the conflict or whatever you want to call it of the movie is he's trying to climb this route in Yosemite that no one's ever climbed before because it's like impossible. Like everybody's always said, like, this is too hard of a climb and no one can ever do it. And so he like took that challenge on. And I think it, he spent like four or five years of his life, like dedicated to beating this route. But it really is about like his journey and rock climbing and as a person. Um, and it, he also has a book that's like very much the same story, but way more in depth. And I read the book first and I love the book. Like you should, you should consume both of those. And that book is The Push that you listed as a top pick as well? Yeah. So here's my question, Mike. The Dawn Wall's gotten a lot of great reviews. A lot of people in the climbing community talked about it. However, Free Solo, also about climbing in Yosemite, got international claim. The climber got super famous. Why Dawn Wall over Free Solo? For me, <laughs> watching Free Solo was stressful. Even though I know he doesn't hurt himself, Mm -hmm. The whole time, I can't help but judge him <laughs> and be like, you're an idiot. <laughs> like, I am a rock climber. I'm not a hardcore rock climber, but I've climbed since I was like 15. I love rock climbing. I think it's an amazing sport. And like, you have to be vigilant and careful the whole time you do it. You can't be sloppy. It's just not one of those things where you can make mistakes and not have like serious repercussions. So watching someone else just be like so cavalier. I mean, I know he's like superhuman with what he can do, but it was just like too stressful. Like the whole time I was like watching the movie Gravity where I'm just like, this is like too much stress. I want to watch something and be happy. And instead I'm just like on the edge of my seat, like about to have a heart attack. So how does Tommy Caldwell make you feel? So that's the other interesting thing. Like Tommy is a much more normal person than Alex is. Like, mm -hmm. Alex is almost on the spectrum, it seems like, for me. Oh, yeah. But Tommy's story is bonkers. Like, I, have you watched The Don Wall? I have not. And I've actually recommended this movie to other people, and I have still not seen it. So when I was reading his book, I had no idea what his story was. Like, I, I had heard about the book from somebody else. They recommended it, and I like reading. So my wife got it for me for my birthday, like, three years ago. There is a point in the book where he gets kidnapped by like guerrilla warfare terrorist type people in like Kyrgyzstan or some crazy country in like Eastern Europe. He's like there on a climbing trip when he's 18 and he gets kidnapped mm -hmm. and he ends up like killing his captor, bashing him in the head with a rock oh, and knocking wow. him off a cliff. And like, there's just so many things that like have happened in his life that I'm like, I had no idea. Like I thought this was just going to be like this guy talking about like, Oh, I love climbing. And these are the places I've climbed. Like, no, it's like an amazing story about an amazing person and it really dives deep into like the psychology of like the things he's been through, how it's affected his relationships. It's a it's a powerful book and a powerful story. Does the Donwall touch on those kind of elements of his life? It it does. It's not just like I said, it's not just about like that climb he does, but that definitely is like mm -hmm. the glue holding the whole story together. All right, now your number one pick is something that I've been meaning to watch for a long time and just never clicked on it, so I really want to hear about it. Your number one pick is the Barkley Marathons. It's available to stream on Tubi. It's uh, called The Race That Eats Its Young. It's a 2014 documentary. Can you give me a little bit of information about what this is, what the documentary is? So I don't remember who recommended this to me, but somebody told me like, oh, this is a really interesting documentary you should watch. My wife loves documentaries. Like, and I sometimes love them, but they have to really be interesting. Like I watched Blackfish with her and I was like, this is lame. Like, sorry, fish, sad, but like, don't care. And I, I'm a horrible person, I know. So when this one was recommended, we, we tried it mostly because my wife likes those things. But as I'm watching, it's like, it's about these crazy people that do this marathon in like, I think it's like Tennessee or Kentucky. 
It's way out in the middle of nowhere. It's not a real course. Like they're running through the woods and through the mountains, like not even on a trail most of the time. I can't remember how long the race is, like in distance, but it takes them like three days of like nonstop racing. And they're like, every time they get like back to the beginning, they're like cramming like peanut butter and chocolate bars and just like random crap to get like calories so they can continue to like run through the woods and just beat the crap out of themselves. And it's just, it's crazy. Like watching these crazy people be crazy is fascinating. So did this inspire you to run? Did it inspire you to run your body ragged or did you just enjoy the the documentary from like a distance i would say i more enjoyed it from a distance i was not like oh now i'm gonna be a runner um <laughs> if, if anything though it did, it did inspire me to like relook at things that like i've set goals for myself in my life and be like you know not they're not as impossible as maybe i think they are like if i'm really willing to just like do whatever it takes like i can do a lot more then I kind of give myself credit for sometimes. And so that was kind of the like inspiring feeling that came from watching it. Wow. I'm going to have to watch this. If that's how you feel at the end of it, I want to feel like that every day of my life. (laughs) All right, Mike, thank you so much for putting this list together today. I'm going to recap it real quick from five to one. So everyone can uh, remember what that is. Number five, psych. Number four, worth it. Number three, community. Number two, the Dawn wall, specifically not free solo and the book, The Push, and number one, The Barkley Marathons. Now, Mike, as a thank you for sending us your list today, I'm gonna give you some recommendations of things for you to check out, and I really tried here, because I know you really like outdoors, I saw your list, I was trying to put together things that you'd enjoy, and I'm not, I really hope I got you. The first one is The Good Place. It is a sitcom available on Hulu and Netflix. The final season is this year. It is in the frame of community. Have you ever checked out The Good Place? Yeah, I've seen all of it except for this last season. Like I'm not, I saw like a couple of the episodes on this last season, but I'm not caught up on on where it's at. Well, check it out. I mean, now that you've seen, already watched it, it's kind of a bad recommend, but I hope you like it. The other one, and I was really on the fence about this, but when you said what you liked about Tommy Caldwell's story, if you ever get a chance, check out Endless Summer. It's not your typical type of uh, athletic movie, but I think you will like it for all the reasons you said you like the Dawn Wall. Okay. All right. Well, Mike, thanks again so much for being on the show today. I really enjoyed talking to you about all this stuff that's going on in Utah and your picks. Thanks for having me. All right. Cornstream this week was produced by me, Bobby Christian. Special thanks to Mike from Utah. If you'd like to share your life and list from quarantine, reach out to me on Instagram at Civil Matador. And remember, this will end, so enjoy it while you can. Mm-hmm.